Next on BYU Sports Nation, recalculating expectations for BYU football. Four wins, four losses, and a whole lot of what could have been. National champion Blaine Fowler weighs in on what's happened and what he now expects from Los Cougars. Plus, fresh off her first cap with Team USA, BYU women's soccer star Ashley Hatch joins us in Studio B. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, we live in Radio Vision, BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, October 25th. Yep. Wherever and however you're dialed in, it's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with fake punt specialist Jerem Jordan. You know what? It's my bad. Uh, I read the defense there. I actually texted the coaching staff and said, listen, I've been playing a lot of Madden. I think we can do this. Is Lamar Jackson available? (laughs) I didn't find out he wasn't until after the play. But it is what it is, you know? Last night on Monday Night Football, (laughs) ESPN does this thing called Come On, Man! Where they find one thing for each of the analysts during the week. Ridiculous moments. Yes, that they can essentially scream out, Come On, Man! Steve Young naturally went with I, I his BYU him. Cougars yeah. and the fake punt on 4th and 19 it's, from it's inside the 5. He was the one to do that because anyone could do that. That's, that's one of the most ridiculous plays in BYU history. <laughs> it is. It's Some crazy. people think it's one of the most ridiculous plays in the history of college football. I was trying to be nice. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. And so the fact that Steve Young said that was really funny. And, but, but then he said something to the effect of, Kalani Satake and my, my boys, I like what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, Johnny Linehan tweeted in last night <laughs> at JLinehan9, quote, Solid. I just made, come on, man, on ESPN. If I knew it was this easy to get on TV, I would have fake punt, uh, faked a punt from my own end zone a long time ago. <laughs> it is that easy. <laughs> <laughs> the play, like, what will you remember more from this season? The two-point conversion against Utah or the 4th and 19 against Now, here's Boise the State? thing, though. It, ah! What's more amazing, the fact that BYU faked it from inside their own five on 4th and 19 or the fact that it didn't even burn them? Not even close. The fact that BYU went for it. <laughs> no one's going to really remember that there were no points. Like, what, like Mark Sanchez, butt fumble. Do you remember what happened? Like, the next play? No, it doesn't matter. It's just that that play happened. <laughs> it's so... It is pretty hilarious. This is the worst time ever for a bye week, by the way. Oh. We have to sit on 4th and 19. We have to sit on a one-point loss. We have to sit on Boise State getting BYU again. Another close game. Lost. Third one-point loss <sighs> on the Boise Blue. Ah. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Game time for BYU Cincinnati has been announced. Kickoff set for 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain on CBS Sports Network, November 5th. Countdown to kickoff will air live at 2.30 Eastern on BYU TV. I'm told that uh, the uh, butt fumble was returned for a touchdown. See, I didn't even know that. I just lose memory after that. I go, huh? I I didn't know it was returned for a touchdown. I knew it was picked up and carried back I thought that it was, yeah. But but, my point being, you don't remember what happened after. (laughs) NBC Sports lists Nick Emery as the 79th best player in college basketball. I don't know how they arrive at that number, but that's what it is. Your first televised look at the new team, by the way, is tomorrow at 9 Eastern on BYUtv.org and the BYU TV app as well as BYU Radio. So does it count as a televised look if it's only on BYUtv.org? Yeah. Okay. It's tele- it's 
tell it's videoized. It's broadcasted. It's listen, you can see it. That's true. This is true. The women's volleyball team remains number 16 in the latest AVCA poll. The Cougars host fifth ranked San Diego match of the year in the West Coast Conference on Friday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. It's a big match. Really is. Check that out Friday night. And the men's cross country team is ranked fourth in the latest USTFCCCA. Remember, that's a real thing, a real organization. And the women's team is ranked 20th. Both teams compete in the West Coast Conference Championships Friday in San Diego. It's fun that to be ranked. Rough. Four ranked teams. Four teams in the top 20. Three of which campus. are women's teams. There you go. Pretty good. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Recalculating BYU football. Four wins, four losses, and four more to go in the regular season. BYU football in 2016 has provided emotions of every sort for fans of the Cougars. Amen to that. And it is because of those emotions and the means to how those games play out that expectations are altered. On paper, before the season, before your emotions are fully invested... Oh, my um, emotions are always fully invested. And before we know what teams really are, what opponents really are, 4-4 and seemed... Great, right? It seemed solid, right? Yeah, Good. Yeah, yes. There were a lot of you that tweeted in when we asked the question over the summer, the doldrums of the summer, what you thought BYU's record would be in the first eight games that said three and five or less. Hey, get bowl eligible. Fantastic, right? But then again, the emotions are invested to a greater degree, as well as stats and hard evidence. Thus, what does four and four really feel like? And what are your expectations moving forward? That brings us to our Twitter question. How have your expectations for BYU football changed from August to now? At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94, use the hashtag BYUSN. I started out just wanting to make a bowl game, but it has changed to winning out now. We should win out. Okay, still on track for eight to nine wins. So winning out would be, yeah, eight wins in the regular season plus a bowl game. Potentially nine. Eh? Mm, Okay. Nine would be good. Nine would be, I think I'd nine would nine. be great. Oh, I think yeah. Nine would be great. Yeah. So, again, Most seasons I'd take nine. The expectations in August are much different than they are on October 25th. We've went they in, should be. We've gone into the why. Let's dive into that a little bit more, Jerem. Okay. Why have your expectations changed? I talked to a friend of mine the other day, and he said, well, I've kept my expectations from the preseason. I was like, why would you, what? Why, why would you do that? Here's a few reasons why expectations should change. Okay? Okay. How BYU plays. BYU's offense has been pretty mediocre this season, but defensively they've been a turnover machine. Okay? How opponents play. The opponents, the way they play, not only in the game against BYU, but overall in the season, changes what you think of that. The Michigan State win was awesome, but that's teams two and five. So it's a little different, right? Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Not only has BYU lost close, but listen to this. Three of BYU's four losses were against teams with a combined 20-1 and record. I'm Whoa. talking about Utah, West Virginia, and Boise State. Whoa. Those teams are good. They're really good. I'm not trying to say that's why BYU lost. I'm just saying, interesting, right? By the way, in the BYU's four wins, the combined record of those teams is 12 and 16. Those teams have not been as good as maybe we thought, right? The losses, 23 and 6. Five of those are from UCLA. Josh Rosen's hurt now. It's different. Um, Crazy, right? The wins and the losses, whoop! 
I can, yeah, okay. So that's number two. Number three, injuries. Jamal Williams has been hurt in either part or all of three or four losses for BYU. Amen, Jerem. Utah, UCLA, Boise State. Isn't that interesting? Game situations, like turnover margin, uh, like three of the first eight games away from Provo. Okay, these all weigh in. Weather. The weather hasn't played a huge role in any BYU games, but it can. I'm just saying it can. Unlike 2013. Unlike 2013, where it actually helped BYU. Right? It helped <laughs> BYU uh, against Texas. They were great. Um, I, I can't. Like four and four. Yesterday we talked about how does it feel. Four and four is fine. The reason that, that it's fine and not good from before this season is because there have been some close games. Some that BYU's won, which has been great. What's BYU's best win? Maybe Toledo. Crazy, right? Um, and then the losses. Jamal Williams was was hurt, but it's hard for me to walk away from Utah seven and one plus three. You had six takeaways, and Boise State you're plus five five takeaways, and be like those were tolerable. Like I'll never get over the fact that Bueller lost those games, even if Jamal Williams is hurt. So so that's why five and three would feel different to me, because then you'd have a chance for ten. Eight win being five hundred is not validating for BYU football at all. Like, like most exciting, second most exciting team. That's nice. I mean, this, this team is good, but they're 4-4. Four and four, So it's frustrating for me to not see this team get some recognition because I think they're better than the record indicates. And it's unfortunate that Boise State or Utah, I would have taken one of those games. Uh, not both. I don't expect BYU to win every close game. I think BYU is getting recognized, but you're talking specifically about being ranked. Is, is that what you're getting at? Recognized beyond most exciting team because their games are close. I'm talking about nationally, people are not talking about, hey, BYU is a good team because they're 500. They've not proven in the win loss record. Well, that's the thing. I, I think people are saying team. that BYU is a good team. Who's saying BYU is a good team? A lot of analysts are saying that BYU is a good team. Yogi Roth, for one, over the weekend. Okay, there are, there are guys that think BYU is a good team. How could you say BYU is not a good team? Because they're 500. Like, I think BYU is a good team. I'm saying it's hard, to, it's hard to shout from the rooftops about a team that's 500. Okay, I'll give you that. I will give you that. But there are, I think that if you are an educated football analyst or a football fan, you have to consider where BYU is with all of the metrics that play into this and respect them as a good football team. I know that four and four is the one that screams the most. Like, that's so the, the sad that matters fan, right? the most. Four and four. Who, yeah. pff, they're no good. See, I, I think no, no, no. I think people think they're fine or solid or whatever. I'm like, is BYU good? I think this is a good team, but when you're four and four, you're not going to get the recognition that you. Well, you don't deserve recognition at four and four. I don't think, right? But you do at five and three. You do at five and three because guess what? Then you'd have a win at Utah or Boise State. Okay, well, that that cha- had BYU won the Boise State game. That changes everything, right? Or West Virginia, you, or even I can tolerate the West Virginia game though. That loss, I can tolerate. Why? That. Because BYU wasn't plus three or plus five. They were minus two in turnover margin. That's a huge difference. But they still had two possessions at the end of the game. Yeah. And they turned the ball over twice there. So why is that one okay compared because to the Because BYU others? wasn't plus in turnover margin. So that's the reason. Yeah. Game situations. Number four on my list of why expectations should change. See, and I feel like BYU needed to be plus three and plus five against Utah and Boise State to be in the game. Yeah, and that, that says a lot about Utah and Boise State. They're good You teams. give up 574 total yards of offense better, against Boise State. Boise State and Utah are better than BYU, and BYU hung in those games because they had takeaways. That's, those are part of the game. But I will never get over those games because BYU was play. 
what, remember when we talked to Kyle Whittingham and he said, BYU, like, if you're plus two, you win like 95% of the games? BYU is plus three and plus five. So that hurts. I told you last Friday on the phone from Boise, right after the heat of the battle, that I thought BYU would finish nine and four, and I think they'll be ranked 25th to end the season. I really do. I think if they are impressive, and I think they will be at the end of the season and win a bowl game, it'll be enough to sneak in at number 24, number 25, and one of the polls. I I agree with you. I think they'll win the next five, including the bowl game. So still on track for nine wins if you include the bowl game, which I think would be great. And I know the 10 was attainable, and that's frustrating. But at the beginning of the season, if somebody said, I think BYU is going to win 10 games, you would have laughed them to scorn. Right, but expectations change, like we're talking about. 10. 10, I, wow, that, that, that would have been something. But if you told me that like Michigan State, Mississippi State, Arizona, UCLA, that they'd all be under 500, I would change is, my Isn't that interesting how things kind of just fall into place that way? Now, some things that I want to bring to light, okay? As fans, by nature, we always think of what could have been. You think of the what could have been best case scenario, but to be fair to the situation, you have to address the what could have been worst case scenario too. And reality is, BYU's four points away from being two and six. They're four points and one overtime away from being one and seven. How would you feel then? And so I think this is the perfect regression to the mean. BYU fans are like, well, they could be seven and one. They should be seven and one. No, should be is. Could be is a better that should be. They could be one and seven too. And so what I'm saying is four and four makes perfect sense to me. BYU went two and four in games decided by three or less. If they go three and three, they're five and three, and it's different. Oh, they go four and two. Oh, in, in BYU's last season where they were ranked, I think they went like four and one in games decided by seven or less. And that is the difference between an eight win team and a ten win team. The three most frustrating games that we have talked about. The three games were Jamal Williams, the best player for BYU, was injured or out. And you have to take that in consideration, too. Totally. It alters expectations when your best player is out. And it stinks, but it's the reality. I know. And here's the deal. I'm not going to celebrate a 500 record. I think that that standard's too low. Especially but, given the way that some of these teams have played on this game. But because, like, if things, because of the way I, I that things have it, it played out, because of the way that things have played out, your expectations have changed. And that's Absolutely. Fair. I that's outlined fair. five different reasons why they should change. I still think four and four is good. I, I, I mean, I know it hurts. I, I know five it hurts. And, five and three would change, like, the Utah or the Boys One stadium. game. Ah! One game. Coming up, former Olympian Kate Hansen takes us between the lines. But first, Blaine Fowler in Studio B. How have his expectations for BYU football changed from August until now? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Our conversation is rolling right now on Twitter. You can see it and engage in it by following at BYU Sports Nation and using the hashtag BYUSN when you decide to tweet. At 7 Eastern time tonight, after further review, reviews the BYU and Boise State game. A lot to break down from that one. It's coming up at 7 Eastern time tonight on BYU Television. Send in your tweets, people. Use the hashtag BYUSN. How have your expectations for BYU football changed from August until now? Emotions, stats, 
hard evidence, injuries, it all factors Conspiracy into how theories. you feel. Send in your responses. Fake punts. Joining us now in Studio B (laughs) is Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, national champion at BYU dual threat analyst and a guy who will be watching basketball this week while football takes a break. But let's focus on what what we've been discussing for the last uh, 18 minutes or so, Blaine, and that is BYU football. Four wins, four losses, four to go in the regular season. How have your expectations been altered since the beginning of the season? They're the same. If we go back and look at the sports nations we were doing back in August, they're right about where we thought they would be, but it's against different teams than like we, we were talking. I thought that Michigan State at Michigan State was going to be a brutal test mm-hmm. and that they'd have a struggle there. And I, I actually was worried that if Michigan State was as good as they've been, it would be another Michigan where they get run out of the run out of the stadium. And that didn't happen. Um, I figured the Boise State was one of the toughest ones on the schedule and it proved to be. They actually were maybe closer than I thought they would be because of the fact that they forced so many turnovers. Um, and so that one, you know, we expected. I, I thought they would lose to UCLA. I thought they'd beat Utah. Um, so we, I, I said at the beginning of the year, bowl eligibility is what we're looking for. they got to get to six wins, which I think is where they're very comfortably going to do that. I thought that seven was a good goal. If they could get to seven, and I'm talking regular season, I'm not including a bowl game. So if they were seven and five in the regular season, I thought, okay, good. Brand new offense, brand new defense. Um, I would be okay with that. Eight, I said, wow, this is a really good season. And then we said, if they get nine in the regular season, and then I would expect if they get nine in the regular season, they're going to go win their bowl game and get 10. That 10, with a brand new offense, brand new defense, we'd have to start talking about this team against this schedule as one of the best teams that's ever played at BYU and talking about them comparing to the 96 team and the 84 team and some of these you know great teams, the the, the team that was so good back in 1980. Um so, so that was my expectation before the season. So now they're four and four, and I, I fully expect that they can win the next four games. Uh, they've had a chance to rest up a little bit. They will this week and get a little more healthy. Now, keep in mind, we were talking about these things before I knew that Wilcox wasn't going to play, that Kyle Johnson wasn't going to play, that Louis Lapawahu was going to be hurt, that Jamal Williams was going to miss two and a half games, two and three quarters games, or being effective in three games. So, with all that, I think I think they're right. On schedule, do I wish that they could have beaten one of the you know Utah or Boise where they were right there, um, or that they could have gotten a touchdown pass against West Virginia? Yeah, but I think realistically, with all the change that's taken place in the off season, and with three guys they were planning on starting on the offensive line not being available, um, I think they're in, I think they're in a great position. And hey, did you guys watch West Virginia last week? That is a very legit football team. Absolutely, and they have Oklahoma and Baylor in Morgantown. They're, they're really, really good. And what Virginia? And, and you want to what? Boise State is a legit football team. The fact that BYU forced as many turnovers as they did was fantastic. That's a really good football team. And uh, so to to come away with close losses to those two teams, and Utah is a very good football team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That's the one that I look back at and go, oh. Because with Boise State, I think you get a little bit, you know, you force turnovers and you do things, but you get a little bit lucky because I think Boise State is really good. Utah is a game where I think BYU matched up really well. They forced turnovers. They were When they're plus that many in the, in, in the turnover margin department against Utah, that's a game that you got to come away with. So that's the most disappointing one. To me, that's the swing game. But if you look at the FPI, the Football Power Index, which is football's answer to the RPI, BYU's still getting national respect based on the schedule they've played. They're still ranked higher than Utah in which the FBI. Pretty, which is pretty wild, right? 
Yeah. So ESPNs. Yeah. Right. Right. Their football power index. So, so there's still respect out there. I just spent last weekend at the at Stanford uh, for the Stanford Colorado game. And by the you way, saw a ten five game. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> that was really really bad. <laughs> Two really good defenses and. Um, and Stanford's an offense that's struggling, but Colorado came into that game 14th in the nation in total offense, 14th in the nation in total defense. They couldn't move the ball against Stanford. Two things everybody was asking me about. Hey, BYU, wow, they're good. So you're saying, they're going, wow, they're, they're really good this year. I mean, I recognize that they're 4-4, four and four, but the schedule they played, holy cow, they're, they're pretty solid. That's a smart person talking so pe- to you. So people are saying that, and then everyone goes, hey, what was with that 4th and 19 fake punt? <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> without exception, without exception asked me about that. And they're oh not BYU goodness. guys, they just know that I have ties to BYU, so all the Stanford folks that we've gotten to know. <laughs> so, And then their next question was, but what's wrong with our offense? They're wondering what's wrong with Stanford's offense. So same things. Stanford lost three. They lost three offensive linemen to the NFL last year, including Garnett, the best offensive lineman in the country. And they're like, why can't Christian McCaffrey just run like crazy? Well, because they're young up front. And for BYU, three guys, you know, Kyle Johnson's a guy that a lot of people thought was an NFL guy. You know, you, you lose him. Wilcox was a big physical guy that had experience. And what they're doing shorthanded, I think, is, I think they're right on track. I think it's pretty stinking good. I think they're right on track. I really yeah. do. And I think the fact that they're 4-4 four and four, after November, we're going to feel very different about this season. Because right now it's kind of like, mm, right there, right? Hey, but, but I once, would do. I, I think they should be 5-3 and three right now. And yeah. then we'd be jumping for joy because they'd be way ahead of schedule yes. instead of right on schedule. And then they'd have a shot at 10. They have yeah. a shot at 9, which is really good still. Um, and, and I keep thinking back to preseason expectations. You know, your expectations change based on what when they, when they during... play well, and you see that they yeah. run the ball as well as they yeah. do. And the line was coming along faster than we thought they would come along. So you do you change your expectations. Um, the thing that scares me a little bit is Cincinnati's a little scary right now to me. What's scary about Cincinnati? Well, because all of us. So they've had a quarterback controversy. Um, a Tuberville decided he wasn't going to play Gunner Keel, and BYU saw Gunner Keel last time they played. Tall guy that runs this spread really well and throws it all over the place. Fifth year senior, and they go, not nah, he got beat out in spring ball. So they, they've been kind of rotating two other guys and not playing Gunner. So now this last game, Tommy says, we're going to start Gunner. And Gunner goes in and flings it all over the place. He went crazy. He flings it all over the place. Right? And I don't know that East Carolina is very good this year, but but now all the fans are going, what in the world? Why did we not play him early in the season? We knew <laughs> that he was the guy. So they've got a contra- you know, quarterback controversy that's that's way more vocal than anything of the Tanner Taysom thing. And so so they got that going on, and maybe that's a distraction. But I watched the tape on those guys, and Keel looked good. He looked comfortable. They, you know, they spread you out. They throw the ball around. So, so that game is not an easy football game. Now, I do think that BYU offensively can line up and run the football at him with a healthy Jamal, and Jamal should be healthy with a week off. So I think BYU comes out of there. But that's the game left on the schedule. Like, ugh, let's not go there and get into a West Virginia. Now, mind you, they're not near as good as West Virginia. But let's not get into that type of game because that's the type of game that Cincinnati could win back there. So – that one's a little scary to me, guys. Cincinnati's a little scary. Blaine Fowler with us in Studio B discussing BYU's first eight games and now what to expect down the road. Uh, I want to I bring up something you said all the way back on January 19th, Blaine. And this is a quote. If this BYU team goes 4-4 four and four in the first eight, then this coaching staff has done a phenomenal job. So let's discuss the coaching staff a little bit. I, is, I especially – so Mike Empey, with what he's done with that offensive line – that has been the biggest pleasant surprise to me because early in the season we knew there were going to be struggles and then we saw them. 
So like, oh man, we're we do miss Kyle Johnson. We do miss Will Cox. We, you know, what's oh man, is this going to be a long season because we're not going to be able to protect him? We're not going to be able to run the football. And then we saw them get better each week. Now they still had some struggles against really good front sevens. I'm telling you, everybody's going to have a struggle against Boise State's front seven. And everybody struggles against Utah's front seven. And so against the really good teams, and they didn't struggle against West Virginia's front seven. Jamal was phenomenal. So with a healthy Jamal and with these guys up front, he just needs a little crack. And, Mm -hmm. you know, can Squally be that good next year? Well, Jamal's, we always use the word elite. Jamal's an elite running back that Mm -hmm. looks like an NFL guy. Can Squally get there? I think he can be close, but this offensive line's going to be better next year. So the combination of him just needing a tiny little crack and how well this offensive line has progressed has probably been the biggest pleasant surprise for me this season. So there you go. Shout out to Mike Empey. Yeah, they've done great. They've done a great job. And I think Ty implementing a brand new offense, um, I see them getting better all the time. Defensively, they have been a bit of a surprise as well. I, they've been a little bit up and down, but I look at the youth at linebacker and the injuries they've had on the D-line, and, and I think they've been pretty productive against some pretty good offenses and kept themselves in the game. And the one thing they've done that we haven't seen for a long time, this team forces turnovers like crazy. So if I'm going to yeah. say the number one thing, I'm going to say the offensive line has been far superior to my expectations after we found out about who wasn't going to play. Because I had high expectations before that. And then the number two thing is I've been most pleased with the way they attack the football and create turnovers. Mm. That's been really, really impressive. Yeah, that's been an incredible strength, uh, especially in the secondary there. Do you expect any of the next four games to be decided by three points or less? Because that would tie tie an NCAA record. Yeah, Cincinnati could be a close football game. I. Here's the thing. If, if it's a close football game, I'm worried. <laughs> because I think BYU ought to saddle Jamal up and just smack him in the mouth all game long and keep the football away from him. And if that's the case, I think BYU wins comfortably. But if they get in a shootout, it really that's the game that I think could be close. And then you know you, you never want to predict an in-state game because anything can happen with Utah State, but they've had a lot of injuries as well. But not really. It's Utah State. Yeah, and so, so, <laughs> so, so that game, but... I just look at where BYU's come and the schedule that they've played and the type of teams they've played, and the only game that I look at and say, ooh, that could be a three-point game again, is on the road at Cincinnati. I think they win comfortably the other football games. Nine wins or bust for BYU? If they get to eight, what I, I'll go back to what I said before the season. Okay. So they're allowed to lose one more. I don't think they will. I do think they get to nine. I think they I, get to nine. I do too. I um, do too. But, but if they lose one and get to eight – I'm going to say they did a good job. They, they met my expectations. If they get to nine, they exceeded my expectations a little bit. And, and I will think that it has been a very, very good season. If they'd have gotten one mm. of Utah Boise State, then I would have talked about, wow, is this a season for the ages? But I'm okay with eight guys. Nine? My expectation is nine now. Total. With the bowl. I'm Bla- stressed thinking about Utah Boise State. Blaine, I wish upon you no more 10-5 to five football games ever oh in your gosh. life. I wanted to punch myself in the face at that game by the middle of the fourth quarter. That would hurt. <laughs> well, it would take my mind off of the game. Coming up. Thanks, Blaine. You bet. Fresh off her trip with USA Soccer, Ashley Hatch joins us in Studio B. But first, Kate Hansen shows us the best swag BYU fans are rocking on game day. It's between the lines. This is BYU Sports Nation. I thought it was between two ferns. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. And BYUtv.org and the BYU TV app and BYU Radio, which is where you can watch 
or listen uh, to the Cougar tip-off coming up Wednesday night, 9 Eastern time. Tomorrow night, Spencer Linton. And I will call that. It's your first look at the new 2016-17 BYU basketball team. So let's just digest what you just put out there. Okay, even like six years ago when uh, apps really started to, to catch fire, now it's become so commonplace where it's like, yes, you have immediate access to watch the BYU basketball team uh, play their inter-squad scrimmage. On television. On, yes. Well, well, not standard TV for this one. Uh, but your phone, you could plug it in, you could airplay it on your TV if you want. Plug in the HDMI cable, it's Xbox. Unbelievable. One, Xbox 360, Roku, Apple TV. Yeah, BYU TV. Use that app. I had one of those clarity moments last night where I was like, That's a great album by Jimmy Eat World, by the way. This is amazing that we can stream these things and watch it on demand. Oh. I can go back and watch Jamal Williams run for 286 yards in high definition Whenever you want. on my app whenever I feel like it. Or I can, you know, like we were talking about just now, watch the BYU basketball team in their scrimmage. Can you, 20 years ago, I was like, huh? No, you only select people that are in Provo can watch this. Now it is worldwide. Yeah. What did people do before cell phones? <laughs> I don't remember what I did in elementary school. And, and wrap, even high school. Wrap yourself up in that 75-mile-long phone cord and hide in a closet and talk to you your friends. You never get it untangled, know. man. Why did it have to be a cord that tangled? Who created that cord? Have the 15-minute conversation with your 7th-grade girlfriend where you say eight yeah, words. Yeah, and then, and then your mom picks up the phone on the other line, like upstairs, but clicks do, it down do, so do, you can't. Do, do. Mom! Hey! <laughs> Can I get my own line? My own line. Someone's calling me on the other line. You have multiple oh, lines. That, again, 20 years ago. My how times Digital lines. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Game time for BYU Cincinnati football has been announced. Kickoff 3.30 Eastern on CBS Sports Network. Mm. November 5th countdown to kickoff live on BYU TV at 2.30 Eastern. NBC Sports lists Nicholas Emery as the 79th best player in college basketball. Your first video look at the new team is tomorrow night, as we mentioned, 9 Eastern time on BYUtv.org, the BYU TV app as well as BYU Radio in the Cougar tip-off. Yeah, where's Eric Mika in that list? That's what I want to know. Didn't make the top honey. There you go. Yeah. I, hey, Eric, putting it out there, man. Use it as motivation. If Caesar is home, let's see it. <laughs> the women's volleyball team stays at number 16 in the latest AVCA poll. The Cougars will host fifth-ranked San Diego match of the year in the West Coast Conference, and you can watch that on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio Friday at 9 Eastern. Big match. And the men's cross-country team is ranked 4th in the USTF-CCCA poll, and the women's team is ranked 20th. Both teams compete in the West Coast Conference Championships Friday in San Diego, home of Ron Burgundy. It's Tuesday, Jerem, and that means it's time for our weekly segment of Between the Lines. Today, Olympian Kate Hansen gets swaggy or swagadelic, whatever you want to say, with it as BYU fans are showing off their swag. All right, Kate, let's go between the lines. What up, guys? My name's Kate Hansen, and I'm here with your BYU Inside Scoop. Let's go between the lines. Now, because this is a segment by the fans, for the fans, we figured there'd be a lot of longtime Coug believers. Now, with longtime fans, there's usually some pretty cool swag. Yes, I can go on campus and buy a BYU t-shirt if I want, but to be honest, I've been trying to steal my grandpa's BYU trucker hat for so many years, and I'm sure you guys are too. So, 
we went on this quest to find where all this swag is. So we took this to Twitter and you guys answered. We looked for our favorite swag, the best swag, and the most amount of swag. So to start this out, what would be better than the swag master himself? His mom was at the Boise State game. Now, if you look close enough, she's rocking a lanyard. She's got a hat. She's got glasses. She's even got nails. She's posted there with Crazy Coog Fanatic. Thank you guys for sending that in. That is an awesome, awesome picture. Now, for our next picture, we have some creativity involved. It's pretty sweet. These guys, we call them the Brigham Boys. Reed Beat sent this in. I mean, grab overalls, grab the bottom of a mob, paint it blue, throw it on your face. We call it Brigham Boys. Pretty creative if you ask me. That's pretty great. Now, for our next one, we've got these two-year-old twins dressed in track suits. I mean, this is the definition of, tr of swag. Two-year-olds in track suits? Are we kidding? If I would have done this when I was two years old, I think it'd be a lot better off in my life right now. But thanks for sending that in, TwinGuy33. Now, B Royal Blue Coog. He created this shirt. It's pretty awesome. It's a picture of Squally and Jamal talking, and it says Thing 21 and Thing 22. Well done, my friend. Well done. Check that out on Twitter. Make sure you go online and find that picture because it's pretty great. Now, Tammy Reed sent in. She said, my personal BYU Hall of Fame autographs from QB's McMahon, Hall, Hill, Mangum, and many other players over the years at BYU, too. It's pretty much this hallway filled with framed posters and just autographs everywhere. I mean, anything BYU Hall of Fame. Yes, we're into that. Thanks for sending that in, Tammy. We have another one sent in. It's of Ty Demmer dressed as Indiana Jones. He has his number 14 jersey just peeking out of his jacket. Sent in by Shamo ML17. Pretty amazing, guys. Stay tuned for part three of Ty Demmer as Indiana Jones. Pretty great poster. Now, for those of you that think you have some t-shirts, you think you have a lot of swag, well, this 16-year-old at Cooper underscore BYU puts you to shame. I'm going to say again, he's 16. Um, he has pictures he has a picture of all of his shirts on the floor, and that's just his floor. Check out the wall full of posters. He's got Cosmo. I mean, I don't see a carpet, yet alone a bed. So I don't know how that situation works out. But BYU fans, let's pick it up because this 16-year-old is putting all of us to shame. Now, going along with that, Tasha Sabi sent this in at Tasha Lynn 19. She said, this is just a sampling of my BYU swag. It is posters all over her wall. She has stuffed animals. She has framed jerseys. And I mean, we had to pay a little tribute, she said. And of course, the BYU hoop shrine that my landlord made me take down. I may or may not have held a funeral. It's a wall of life-size posters of our BYU players. We're going to take a moment of silence for that one and that funeral. Thank you, Tasha, for sending that in. Guys, go check her out, Tasha Lynn 19 online. She sent in this other picture. There's about 63 shirts, four pairs of sweats. She had a t-shirt quilt of just BYU shirts. She's pretty amazing. Tasha Lynn, we are naming you our BYU Player of the Week. Pretty amazing. Guys, thank you so much for sending in so much content. There were so many things we couldn't even decide. But check it out. There's some pretty good laughs on there. People are insane with their BYU gear. I mean, I thought this sweatshirt was enough, but... I am no one to talk. But, guys, thank you for tuning in this week. Make sure you check out next Tuesday. Check us out at BYU underscore BTL and check us out at hashtag BYUBTL. We're sending out tweets. Make sure you answer them and don't miss out. Take it away, boys. All right. Thank you, Kate. That is How about that? an elite sweatshirt that Kate is wearing. And holy yes. cow, at Toshalin19 and at Cooper underscore Cooper BYU. Underscore BYU. That's, wow. that's impressive. I'm, really, I'm not even mad. I'm actually impressed. That was outstanding. And they ate a whole wheel of cheese. The Hall of Fame, like, hall as well in that house. Really the cool. The whole Hall of Fame? Yes. And then I cannot get over And I said this to you when it was up on the screen. The Final Crusade poster oh, is so my good. favorite poster of all time. So good. All time. Like, that. <laughs> you killed it, BYU Walk Athletics. Walk up. In 1991. Mic drop. That was amazing. That's good stuff. And BYU fans... Love them some swag. 
I had but, this... like I've never okay. One time in the Marriott Center, I was given some shirts to throw out. I have never felt more power in my life, Spencer. <laughs> the the power you hold with a single five dollar T shirt of value is unbelievable. So I had this Whoosh. royal Whoosh. blue carpet BYU sweater uh, that uh, I f- we found at the DI. Okay, and there were like four or five matching That's where the good ones. Stuff is. Okay, four or five, and it was like that old school wool that was really itchy, but it was royal blue. It looks cool, so you'll tolerate it. Absolutely. Yeah. We would wear those to basketball games indoors. Like, it was so hot. <laughs> like 97 But without there. fail, and we wore them to football games too, <laughs> without fail, the cameras would find us because we had these old school, oh, yeah. retro, royal blue, oh. ugly BYU sweaters, and they were classic. We called them the Bluebies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well then, I, I still have the my first ever BYU basketball game was against Utah in '94 January. I still have the little ball that I either caught or I was like in the nosebleeds. Yeah, but I still have that in our office to this day. Uh, uh, like old mini helmet. It's like it's like yellow now because it's been twenty something years. You know what I mean? Nice. I think I think every BYU fan has like a couple objects um, that they just cherish. It's weathered. From, yeah, weathered. Uh, from the experiences they've had with BYU, which is super cool. Yeah, the Bluebies got me into a book, man. What book? My first BYU book. It's a baby book, and it says BYU fans, and there's us four fans with our royal blue sweaters on on the front row, I think, at the BYU-Notre Dame game in 2004. Very nice. Yeah. Wait, so you were in – oh, you were in college. I was was, in college. That was post-mission. That was my sophomore year of college. When you said baby book, I wasn't expecting it to be from 2004. <laughs> oh, I was a grown man. Fantastic Now I'm in swag. a baby book. Shout out to all the BYU fans yeah, for bringing that's it. Yeah, super cool. Up next, Nick Emery is in the top 100 list of college basketball, but which one? And it's USA soccer star and BYU star Ashley Hatch joining us in Studio hey, B. Hey. Woo! BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from the Studio Bizzle. If you miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. So tonight you can watch the re-air of uh, BYU Sports Nation at 6, and then at 7 it's after further review. Uh, the guys break down the Boise State game. There's a lot going on there, obviously. Fake punts, field goals, Hail Marys, it had it all. Pick sixes, multiple Check it out tonight, 7 Eastern Time, on After Further Review. She made her Team USA debut last Wednesday night in an international friendly against Switzerland at Rio Tinto Stadium in Sandy, Utah, and she is now back on campus at BYU. Joining us in Studio B, our good friend Ashley Hatch. Yeah, yeah. Ashley. <laughs> USA! The first cat. So awesome. Woo! Okay, did they give you... We, we've heard with one of the rugby guys, Kyle Sumption, they're like, uh-huh. yeah, they give you a literal cap. Did you get a cap? I did not. Oh, come on! <laughs> that would be funny, though, right? That would be funny. I'd yeah. be wearing it right now if I got it. Where is your Team USA jersey right now? Um, well, Coach Watkins actually has one of them because he was going to try and put it in the SAB, but the other one's just in my room. I got a long sleeve and a short sleeve. So. Nice. You're going to frame that? I mean, what's, what's, what happens to that? The first yeah. cap. Yeah, I was going to give it to my dad, and I'm assuming that he'll probably frame it and put it up in the house somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I would just sleep in it every night if I was you. I'd be like, yeah, 
Team USA. Hey, awesome. you're, you're big time. I'm glad you remember us here in yeah, studio, dude, studio yeah, B. Uh, I'm Jerem. Uh, he's Spencer. Uh, it's great to have you back. Do your teammates recognize you? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, What's yeah. your name again? Um, they, they played two games while you were gone. What, what was it like? Because this is such an honor for you to play for the U.S., but you don't get to play in those two games with BYU. What was that like for you? Yeah, uh, it was weird. Like I remember like the San Diego game, I was sitting in my hotel room, like watching it on the WTV. Like my roommate was trying to sleep, and I was like, "Yeah, go!" <laughs> like it was weird though. Like I really like missed being out there with him, and I'm like really excited to be back out there with him again. But it was weird. <laughs> what was the coolest moment you had during your time with Team USA? Um, by far, just stepping out on the field and just like having all my teammates there and my family there and it was just it was amazing (laughs) what was it like to go to practice and you're wearing the usa stuff and you've been invited there and be like yeah i I belong in this group what was what was that overall experience like it was just like a huge honor to be honest and i was just super grateful and just trying to like make the most of like every moment you know just every practice just like soak it all in and just enjoy it it was awesome was it um, a lot of times at the next level people talk about, oh, it was, it was faster, you know, than, than I thought. What, what was that level like? Uh, it was faster. Um, I think everyone, you know, these girls, they play soccer for a living, so it's their job. So it, it's all business once you step on the field. And they just, you know, play hard, everything. Like, no matter if the ball's, like, really close to going out, they're giving it 100% to keep it in. Or their passes are, like, super firm. And so everything, it was awesome. It was good. What are your aspirations now that you've had a taste of national play with Team USA and, you know, professional soccer of sorts? What do you want to do with all of this? Um, that is a very good question. I'm still kind of figuring that out, like, having that little taste of, like, what that's like was – Definitely kind of a motivation and kind of like lit a fire in me and it's something that like I really want to pursue. So we'll just, we'll see what happens. Was it a goal when you were younger to ever play for the U.S.? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, it was a dream, honestly. Like, you know, growing up, like, I went to Mia Hamm's like retirement game like when I was super little and I just remember watching her and being like, wow, one day, like, what, what if I could put on a U.S. jersey and kind of like came out of nowhere, but it was... It was awesome. Yeah, then you're on the field and you're like, oh, hey, what's up, Carly Lloyd? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pass me the rock. <laughs> Pass me the ball. I'm Ashley Hatch. Hey, I, hey, this is Utah. Give me the rock. This is my state. Yeah. Uh, what was the best bit of advice you got from either a coach or a teammate uh, during your time with uh, the USA? Um, I got a lot of good advice. Um, one of the uh, like managers before I stepped out on the field for my first practice, he's like, "You nervous, Hatch?" I'm like, "A little." You got any advice for me? And he was like, "Yeah, it's just a practice. You make a mistake, just move on." <laughs> and then I was like, "I mean, that's good advice because I feel like a lot of times we go out there and we dwell on like one mistake, but everyone there just has like a short-term memory, and they make a mistake, they forget about it, and try and." be better so that was one good piece of advice that's good advice um while you were out for two games uh stephanie ribeiro of yukon took the national lead in goals scored so does this mean against saint mary's thursday uh we can expect a goal or two <laughs> i mean that is my job so i'll do my best <laughs> <laughs> or, or yeah. three maybe yeah. <laughs> on your scholarship check does it say score goals or you're not getting or the, else yeah, yeah. <laughs> What do you anticipate uh, the rest of the season uh, with BYU? Now that you've had this experience and and it was great and wonderful and emotional, how will that lift you and and your expectations for what BYU does the rest of the season? Um, I think 
my expectations for BYU and the rest of the season has have always been the same, just to go as far as we can and do our very best. And I'm really excited just to get back with you know BYU and just keep working harder on scoring more goals and winning games and just giving it our all, especially since it's my last year. I'm excited to just lay it all out there. The end of the season comes up quick. You just have, you have two road games this week. What is it, St. Mary's and Pacific? Uh-huh. And then uh, Gonzaga at home next week. So what do you guys need to do to finish the regular season strong and then hopefully host uh, potentially a couple games at home? Um, we just need to go out there and do what we do best, which is win games and score goals and have shutouts. And so that's the goal. How much are you paying attention to things like RPI and rankings at this point of the season? Because it's all about positioning for the postseason. And I know you want to win a West Coast Conference championship again, obviously. But RPI matters, right? How much, how much do you pay attention to that stuff? Um, we pay attention to it. You know, Jen knows all of that, and so she's always, like, informing us of it. But it's kind of hard, too, because, like, we can't really control a lot of it, so... Like, the most we can do is just go out there and do our best in the field and win these games that we can control. Yeah, RPI is number four, which is fantastic. And ideal is to host some games. When BYU made that 2012 run, they had four home games uh, Mm -hmm. at that point. So what kind of challenge this week uh, are St. Mary's and Pacific? Um. You know, our conference is awesome. Every team we play has been giving us their best. And, like, unfortunately, Pepperdine, you know, they gave us their best, and we unfortunately didn't come out with a win. So we can't take any team for granted, and we need to come out like every game is our last, you know. So. All right. Uh, you still have two Twitter handles, right? Yeah. <laughs> Are you getting rid of one of them? or I like, don't know how to. <laughs> Do you need help deleting? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, a little Twitter handle. We'll have like two minutes during the break. (laughs) (laughs) But the real one is at Ash Hatch 33. Wait, what? The Smash one you're not using as much? I forgot the password. (laughs) (laughs) Shaq Walker had that as well. Exactly. That's my mission. Ashley, congratulations on all of your success. And uh, let's grant you some BYU Sports Nation karma to go score some goals. I'd love it. Get back in the the nation's lead. Back from (laughs) Stephanie Ribeiro, public enemy number one. Thanks, Ashley. Yep, thank you. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, game time for BYU Cincinnati has been announced, and Nick Emery is on another top 100 list. Cougar Stats did tweet in in regard to Eric Mika and say, He's on hey, the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's on the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yeah. watch list. But he's not on the top 100 list, so he's got some work to do, man. Let's go, Caesar. <laughs> Let's make that happen. The Cougar Whip Around <laughs> hits next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Sports. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. The game time for BYU at Cincinnati on November 5th is out. It's at 3.30 Eastern time on CBS Sports Network next week. Next Saturday, Canada to kick off will be live at 2.30 Eastern that day. Men's basketball. NBC Sports listing Nick Emery as the 79th best player in college basketball. And don't you forget it. Your first televised or video look at the new team tomorrow, 9 Eastern. You can watch that live on BYUtv.org, the BYU TV app. It's all at your hands, people, as well as listen on BYU Radio. And Ken Pomeroy uh, projects the Cougars to go 23-7 and this year with a 13-5 and conference record. 13-5 conference record. 13-5 would be uh, no winner. Mm. Women's volleyball. <laughs> 16th in the latest Unimpressed. ABCA poll. The Cougars host fifth-ranked San Diego. Game of the year. Match of the year. West Coast Conference. Friday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio. 
Cross country. Men's teams ranked fourth in the USTFCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCC